Hello, friends, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. This time, I'm actually titling this The Gospel of God. And it comes from Romans 1.1, where the, the focus of this one is just about the gospel, where that word gets used, thrown around so, so much. But at times I wonder, are we all on the same page with what it means? And especially the fact that Paul refers to it as the gospel of God. In fact, in Acts 10.36, when Peter's talking to the Gentiles about Jesus, he begins this way by saying, you know the message God sent. It's the gospel of God. It's God's good news. It's God's message. And so Peter says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel. And what was the message? Announcing the good news of peace. And I know in some of the other Gospels, it's announcing that the kingdom is at hand. But this is Peter who was hanging out with Jesus. And this is the way he introduces the Gospel by calling it the message God sent, announcing good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And Paul refers to it as the Gospel of God. It's God's message. It's God's announcement. It's God's good news. And Peter calls it the good news of peace. And one thought I want to just challenge in that, and it's not that God can't use this, but it's just what gave a context for this thought, that so often, you know, the gospel is about being saved from hell. And so, in preparation for this, I actually did a word search. Hell is actually the word Hades in Greek. Gehenna is another word for hell. It refers to this particular place where the garbage was burned. And so there's this continuous fire and it's, you know, you kind of get the idea. But the times that Jesus mentions Hades and Gehenna, hell, essentially, is never, ever in the context of the gospel. And yet, there was this method that has been used in the church where you ask this question, if you were to die tonight, do you know if you'd be in heaven or not? And it's a good thing because people will tell you either they have a relationship with Jesus or they don't. But the other side of it is that I get concerned sometimes pastorally that people's first thought is salvation is from instead of saved into. And it's not from a place into a place. It's a good news of peace and that the primary word I think about the gospel, especially as it's shared through Paul, this good news of peace is that God is offering peace to those of us who had walked away, who had become his enemies, and in order to restore peace, he's offering reconciliation. It's about reconciliation to me. It's good news of peace. It happens because there's forgiveness granted, but it's God's message is, I want to reconcile with you. You walked away from me, which to a certain extent is upside down, because usually it's the offended party or the offender who would go to the offended and say, can we work this out? You know, I still want to be in relationship with you. So it's kind of turned upside down. We're here. God is the one who's been wronged and offended, and yet he's the one who's pursuing. He's the one that's announcing, I want to bring peace between us. I want us to be back into this friendly, loving relationship with one another. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to help that happen, to help it work out. And again, I was reading this book, part of my dissertation at one point, where another scholar, N.T. Wright, he's an Anglican guy, very brilliant guy, friend of my dad's, 
And one time I was just a little six minute clip, but he was kind of alluding to the same thing where he's just talking about this idea of salvation from a place to a place. He said, what I've observed over all the years of pastoring is that people then think that, okay, I'm saved. And now what do I do till Jesus comes back or I die? I guess I just go to church and I got to read a little bit and they just don't have a real sense of, no, the good news of peace is that God's saying, I want relationship with you. I want us to have peace between one another. I want us to be reconciled. That all the places about eternal life, you know, that he's bringing and offering you life eternal, life forever with him. In John 17, 3, Jesus explicitly says, this is eternal life, to know you, the one true God, and me, Jesus, whom you sent. It's about knowing it's about being in relationship. He says nothing about not going to one place and going to another place. Now, those are true. The byproduct of coming into relationship with God is, yeah, you're not going to go to hell, and you're going to end up in heaven. Yay. But the ultimate gospel message is peace. It's reconciliation. And I just want to read a couple of passages that I think just make this so clear. Although there's a lot of metaphors and ways to talk about it. But here's my most favorite ones, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and following. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. There's the gospel. It's about God reconciling us, restoring relationship with us through Christ. And then Paul says, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's the message. That's the gospel. That's what we, I think, are supposed to be telling people. Verse 19, the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. First, he said the ministry of reconciliation. Now, he says the message. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Well, if it's the message God sent. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay, God! We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through you and me. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Also, Colossians 1.19 and following, listen to the language. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. And now, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So again, God was pleased to do this so that through him, God could reconcile to himself all things. Verse 21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies, you're not in relationship in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now God has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, establish and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. And then, folks, it can't get any clearer than this. This is the gospel. 
that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Oh, friends, that we would just own as clearly as we possibly can. It's God's message. It's God's good news. The good news is peace, good news of reconciliation. And he made it possible by taking care of the justice that needed to be worked out through his son, Jesus, as he said, reconciling us through his blood shed on a cross. It's God's story. It's God's message. It's what God did. It's what God has given to the rest of us to tell others that there is a God and that he really loves you and that he wants to have relationship with you and did everything he could to demonstrate to you how much he loves you, especially having his own son pay the penalty of our wrongs so that we didn't have to, so that we might be wooed by that unbelievable love. And yes, escape eternal judgment, that's part of it. But the bottom line is, it's about being reconciled. It's about coming into relationship with him. Now that we kind of got that clear, (laughs) and of course, this is, I'm just reading scripture to you, okay? But here's the thing. It just made me think about some gospel presentations, and it reminded me of a few experiences that I had. And Here's where just a couple of the stories where I just feel like God had early on in my walk had begun to train me in this. And so here's just some thoughts and ideas that might open the way to tell God's story and what God has done. The first one was I was in YWAM when I was 23 years old. I was in Youth with a Mission in Amsterdam. And most days we would go out into the streets at night and we'd share the gospel. Sometimes on weekends when people were available, somebody would preach, crowds would form, and then we'd move around the the people and see if we could find somebody that looked interested or would be willing to have a conversation. So we would hang out with them. Well, while I was doing that, and I'm going to come back to that in a minute, actually. So, But what we were encouraged to do is to tell our testimony. And friends, that's a good thing to do, no doubt about it. But I also just, maybe you've had this experience, but in the process of going out and primarily leading with, here's what the Lord did in my life, is that one time, and every now and then people just respond, well, that's nice or that's good for you. But one of the times I was walking back to the base, I went into this Christian coffee bar and I was sitting there and there was a guy sitting beside me and he looks at me and he sees, I put my Bible down on the counter and he says, you Christian? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's a Christian coffee bar. But anyway, (laughs) I just said, yeah. And he says, ah, he says, I'm Muslim. And I said, really? Okay. So we start chit-chatting and he's talking about the Quran and I'm talking about the Bible and he's talking about Muhammad and I'm talking about Jesus and we have this thing. And then I talk about what Jesus did in my life and he talks about what Muhammad's done. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then came this crazy moment that has stuck with me for the rest of my life. He's winding down and he needs to go. And he looks at me and he just says, So Mark, you have Jesus and the Bible and you're happy. I have Quran and Muhammad. I'm happy. You're happy. I'm happy. Is that not good? And then he left. And I remember sitting there going, I'm not sure what I presented about the gospel that this guy could walk away going, you're happy, I'm happy. As long as we're both happy, I guess it's good. I was like, what did I miss? 
that was the first time, not even through the scripture, when I felt, I went to the only private place in all of YRAM, the bathroom, locked the door so I could be by myself and not interrupted. And I did. I just cried out to the Lord and said, what happened? How could somebody come up with that conclusion when I'm trying to share the gospel, share my testimony? And I'm telling you, as clear as I'm standing here, not an audible voice, but I've learned to know those moments when he's really saying something to me. And the simple phrase was, he says, Mark, because it's my story first, and your story fits into my story. And I'm like, what? What do you mean by that? So I started pondering that, and I started thinking about and coming to terms with the fact, yeah, that the gospel is, it's God's story. It's God's good news. It's what God did. And we respond to that in faith or not. When we do, he removes our sins, he fills us with the Spirit, changes us, etc., etc. So I go, well, Lord, what do I do then? So the next time I went out, and I've used this as many times as I can, I don't get a lot. I was actually reflecting on this today, and I go, you know, most of my life, the Lord has had me in the church and helping the church. So I really just don't get very many opportunities to be around unbelievers. But in that particular context, I had lots of moments. And so here's what I did. One of the days, somebody finished preaching. I saw somebody. I sat down and just started having a casual conversation with them. And somewhere, I don't know what somebody would say, but it would feel like I would see, like, there's a moment I can ask. And I say, well, you know, w- were you listening to what the guy said? And they said, yeah. I said, so, you know, it was about God. Oh, yeah. So I said, well, do you believe in God? Well, yeah, not really. Or if they did, I said, well, if you do, describe him for me. And some of the ideas were pretty strange from my point of view. But some of them just said, no, nah, I've not really thought about God. You know, I'm not religious. I don't go to church or whatever. And I said, well, would you just indulge me? If we needed to have a God, and there is a God, how would you want him to be? What would you want him to be like? And so people would say, well, I, you know, I hope he'd be kind and, you know, that he would care and that he would be fair or just or, you know, any number of things like that. And you know what? The amazing thing was they're describing God, but they don't know that they're describing a God who really exists. So then I said, well, you know what? There is a God, at least I believe so by faith, and that God spoke to somebody, a guy named Moses, and said, let me tell you who I am and what I'm like. And he came to the presence of Moses, passed by him, and said, here's my name, Yahweh, I am. I am that I am. And he says, I am, I am. I am compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. I said, that God kind of describes himself kind of the way you did. Pretty cool God, right? And, ah, okay, whatever. I said, well, let, let me just say one other thing. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes they describe God kind of crazy. So I said, imagine that I'm sitting here talking to somebody and I don't really know you, but I've heard about you. And so maybe the person's kind of short and thin and I start talking to my friend. I say, what would you think if I said, you know, Tom? Oh yeah, I've heard about Tom. He's tall and he's fat and he's rude and he's obnoxious and you don't want to be around him. And he's really self-centered and the person's listening like, what are you describing? And I said, it's all inaccurate, right? He go, totally. I said, well, you kind of presented an idea about God. And I shared with you what God said about himself. But you know, he did it another way. We took on human form. 
and said, let me show you what my love looks like. A lot of times what I like to refer to, because you've heard of Jesus, yeah. I said, Jesus is God's divine interruption in our conversations about him. Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, people talk about, if they're even willing to, what they think God is like, and maybe he's this way and that. Maybe they try to combine it from other religions or whatever. But you know what? I think God got to the point where I said, you know what, you guys, enough. I'm going to show up on the planet and I'll tell you and show you who I am. So there's no mistaking about it. And then you got to choose me or not. And I'm like, wow. Yep, that's what Jesus did. But here's the coolest part. It was when God showed up in Jesus. The love that he showed was that he loved enemies, that he cared, that he was compassionate, and he was willing to die for the wrongs that you'd done to him and others so that you could fall in love with him, experience peace, have your just penalty removed so that you could be in relationship with him and know his love. And you know what? I did that. And here's where I brought my story into the story and said, you know what? When I finally understood that and heard it, it so touched my heart. And I responded and said, yes, God, that's amazing. And when I believed, I felt forgiven. I felt cleansed. God came into my life and I knew it because somehow my spirit just knew that he loved me and that he was with me and in me. And he began to change me to be more and more like him, to love like him. So my question is, is what are you going to do with the God who's revealed himself that way? The choice is yours. He is alive, I think. He's revealed himself as this. I think it's a description of God that's pretty cool. I would probably not like the one you have either. Or as if they told me, I said, yeah, I wouldn't want to follow that God either. But in the end, I got to tell my story. But it was my story responding to his story. But I hope that helps a little bit to just be mindful that the gospel is God's story, God's message, offering peace and reconciliation to those of us who had wronged him and walked away from him. So I just pray God would bless you in your conversations going forward and be thinking about the gospel. And so, Lord, we pray that you would open opportunities for us, though. Maybe, maybe new opportunities with people we've talked to before, but maybe we can broach that subject again. Whatever, Lord, we just cry out with all our hearts with you that your message, your good news, your message of peace and reconciliation through Jesus. Father, we pray that it would be on our lips, that we'd own it, be able to share it because we know it, we love it, we love what you've done in our lives. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So God bless you all and have a great rest of the day.